Good afternoon and welcome to Post to Post here on The Wave, the sound of LIU. I am your host, Anthony Cavaretta. Joining alongside me, as always, is Ryan Kraut. And we went from having no news to talk about to a metric ton of news to talk about, as a lot has happened in the past 48 hours around the NHL. Yeah, that that's why we want to start waiting until the night before to yeah. re- recap everything and write everything down, because... We had it all set, and then about, what, six things happened? Six things happened in the span of, like, an hour. And we're like, oh, yay, more news. Let's add it. I don't even think I was able to, like, fix my predict. Like, even I didn't even know if I was able to check my predictions from last week. But, yeah, we'll start off with some very interesting, not interesting, very sad news. Um, so last night during the Ducks-Blues games, about six minutes into the I think it was six minutes or six minutes left in the game, uh, Jay Ballmeister collapsed on the bench, um, and he was taken out on a stretcher. The game was immediately postponed, which is 100% understandable, and he was rushed to a medical facility in Anaheim. So the bet, the news coming, the best news that we got this morning, we did get an update, and he is stable. He's awake. He was texting his teammates. His father is with him in the hospital. Uh, it was turned to be. It was determined to be a mild cardiac uh, they're just attack. calling it's, it a cardiac episode yes so basically along the lines of a heart attack yeah, but because they're not going to say it's a heart attack if they don't know it's a heart attack yeah but, but they had a defibrillator ready so they're saying cardiac issue but he's uh stable he's awake he was uh tech uh joking around with uh, one of the guys who works for the blues tv um darren pang he said when he Woke up in the morning, he had 41 text messages, and it was awesome because he never gets 40. No one ever texts him that much. Well, it was interesting because the as the when it happened, um, the video circulated around Twitter and everything. We both did see it. it they didn't. They was no good angle to see him like go down. There, there is a clip of him going down, and I, the best thing about it is immediately. All the like the entire Blues bench and the Anaheim bench immediately just called for paramedics. They got him out, and both teams went out to comfort each other. Like the, they had v- pictures and videos of the Ducks players after the game was postponed, going into the Blues locker room and talking to them, making them f- like you know comforting them, just because it's scary. And it, at the end of the day, that is probably the best thing to come out of this is that it proves that no matter a competitive sport or not. Everybody in this sport is family. Yeah, and I'm sure something similar happened. Like uh, the last time I remember someone just straight up collapsing on the bench, I don't remember exactly what year it was, but it was Rich Peverly when he was on the Stars. And I'm, the opposing team, again, I can't remember exactly who they were playing, but they did the exact same thing, went over, comforted the other Stars, made sure that everyone was okay. They also stopped the game, postponed it. He was also thankfully okay, but it just goes to show that it's not just about what happens on the ice. These guys are nice off the ice as well. So yeah, actually, as as we're sitting here, they just released a new update. As Blues GM Doug Armstrong just said that he is doing fine. He and they are once again saying it was a critic. So doctors are looking in into diagnosing why it occurred. But 
and AED was used to revive him at a point, but they are rescheduling the game. But as of right now, Bolmeister is 100% okay, according to J- Doug Armstrong, and that was by Bob McKenzie from TSN. So that's a very good answer to get, especially now that we are you know, getting that information literally as we're on. So it's great Yeah, news. that's never happened. We've been talking about something, and then news breaks about it. Yeah, which is awesome. That's the first time that has happened. But, yeah, so uh, our best wishes go out to Bolmeister. Hope he's okay. And um, the question is now, will we see him skate again? I think that time will tell on if that will happen or not. I know somebody did bring it up to me today that this is something that it wouldn't be, it would be the most ideal way for you to go out, if anything, just because you don't want to risk that again. But I would like to see the news develop more before we start talking about that. I think right now it's just more of he's okay. Let's just move on and hopefully we'll see him again on the ice playing for the Blues. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if it's going to be this year, if anything, if he does want to come back, because he is 36, he is towards the end of his career anyway. If he does want to come back, I think he'd focus more on next season, and this season just focus more on if he needs to go through any sort of rehab or uh, just any sort of recovery, being home with his family, almost as if it's a second chance at life, because it kind of it kind of was he was they had to revive him so but you know at the end of the day our hearts and prayers go out to Bolmeister and the whole blues organization just because this is a really tough time for them with this with this circumstances so moving on and besides that there's been a lot of really injuries to talk about too we literally i think only one of these on the list right now is a trade everything else is an injury and we'll start off with Cam Atkinson. He was pronounced. He was he's out two to three weeks with a sprained ankle. That's the second. And also, since we'll stay on the topic, Jones is out eight to ten weeks with an ankle injury. That those two are are big. I uh, would definitely say Seth Jones is a bigger loss for them. Not because of the length of time that he's out, but because. He's just such a presence on that blue line for the the Blue Jackets. He's one of their two best defenders right alongside Zach Wierenski. He's almost the last line of defense before the the goaltender. And to have a player of his caliber out for that long, it's really going to hurt them. And they've done a great job this year surprising everyone. So losing Jones and then also Atkinson on top of that, who is really one of their only offensive weapons, so to speak, that they have left. That's going to hurt them. It will, and I think both of these two guys going out, we may start to see a swing in the Blue Jackets play. The only thing keeping the Blue Jackets afloat at the moment is Elvis, and I don't know how much longer he can really carry, especially now that you've lost Jones for a substantial amount of time, 8 to 10 weeks. That's could possibly be the most the remainder of the rest of the season. Yeah, it's very close. If not, it is the rest of the season, if almost into like the first round of the playoffs. Eight weeks from now, it'll be April, April 12th, so the regular season will be over by then. So he's out for the season. If there is any sort of playoffs, the Blue Jackets are definitely going to need him. So, yeah, Blue Jackets are in a little bit of trouble, but hopefully at least Atkinson can come back in two to three weeks. And it's only a sprained ankle, so, hey, he could be back sooner rather than later. 
but we'll have to hold on that and see. Now, moving back over, to staying in the met, in the Metro real with, with this injury, is uh, Sezikis is out three to four weeks with a laceration in his left leg. Yeah, he was in the game last night. He was checked against the boards. They, their legs got tied up, and as they're going down, one of the players on the flyers, their skate comes up and gets him on the thigh. And the I'm sure his the uh, shorts that he was wearing took are padded to an extent, did take some of the blow, but it was enough to cut his, his leg. He's out three to four weeks, as Anthony mentioned. It's another big loss. He's one of the best penalty killers for the Islanders, and now two-thirds of their for the supposed best fourth line in hockey is out with, ironically, lacerations because Clutterbuck had his wrists uh, cut open. Now Sezik is with his leg. So the Islanders are going to have to find some way to replace Sezikis' production. I'm really hoping that they can have somebody from the AHL come up and immediately do that as well. So it should be interesting to see where they go from here. But just now, once again, the next injury we have to talk about, I actually have an update for as well. Wow, twice in one show after not having it once in three years. Hey, Bob McKenzie. In the first ten minutes. Shout out Bob McKenzie. Bob McKenzie's coming in. We love you, dude. So. Come on the show. The next update was, um, we were, next injury is Weber. He's most likely out for the remainder of the season. An update on that is it looks like it will be four to six weeks. So, and it's an ankle foot injury, they're saying. It. It's a big difference between four and six weeks and the rest of the season. And regardless, it's still going to hurt the Canadians losing your captain, uh, one of your top defensemen. The slap shot that he possesses is deadly, is absolutely a weapon you want to have. And to not have that when you're still trying to make some sort of push, is that's going to be set you back a little bit. And you look at that, and now you got to think about and I think I've said this multiple times already, but how much longer does Weber really have left? Because ever since coming from Nashville for Stuban, he's really, I think he spent most of his time injured or on the IR. He hasn't really done much. Yeah, he's he's been injured a lot. A lot of lower body injuries is this one. Also an ankle sprain for him. Um, and... Going back to that trade, I still never quite understood that trade, but they did make it, obviously, made him the captain. But just, I think his overall presence in the locker room is helping Montreal, even though it's not necessarily showing on the ice. Now, the only thing that I think comes with this injury is, you know, he will not be here for the trade deadline. Does that affect Montreal going forward, especially, you know, when they are considering moving pieces? It might. The only player that I've really heard f- that's currently on the Canadians that might be moved or that's considered trade bait at the moment is Kovalchuk. And I don't necessarily see Kovalchuk going anywhere because the Canadians are kind of in that weird spot where they're not out of it, but they're not necessarily in it. Yeah, they're on, like, the bare edge of, like, hey, we can compete. No, I, I 
think they really need to take a look at their team and see who can, who's available, who's not, who can really make a push. And I, I really think it just you need to figure out what's going on there. So now we'll actually take a break from all the injuries and we'll look at the only trade to happen before the deadline. And it's a big one. Jason Zucker traded to Pittsburgh by Minnesota for Galchenyuk. Minnesota also gets a first-round pick and defenseman prospect Addison, for, um, who plays left wing. When I saw that this trade broke, my first reaction was, my God, Pittsburgh got fleeced in this trade. And I, I understand that Zucker has two years of control after this year. Galchenyuk's about to become a free agent. But to give up Galchenyuk your first round pick this year which is not necessarily it's not a good pick it's it's not necessarily a good pick and there is always still a chance that it could become a top 15 pick cuz they're only in a playoff spot by 5 points and even that don't forget i feel like in this day and age minnesota could easily flip something if need be with that second pick that second pick's leverage yeah that pick is leverage and they're also trying to do some more their new bill garen their new gm's trying to do some more looking to maybe flip matt dumba they want another center to replace the aging koivu who's been there for a long time there was a couple other names that have been thrown around and just to see that they were able to get this from montreal from pittsburgh rather just for Zucker shows that they have a lot that they can get for other pieces. So it should be interesting to see where I think Pittsburgh goes from here because Pittsburgh has conjured up some magic with the way they've been performing, especially with a lot of the the injury bug, which has bitten them very harshly lately. I really would like to see, you know, you now have Zucker, but... The thing I'm thinking of is where do you go from here? Do you still shop? Do you still come? I think it's. I think we're. I want to say, 12 days away from the trade deadline. It'd be interesting to see where they end up. So when we come back, we will look at the final chunk of news. A bunch of some big players out until further notice, and we will look at some trade bait, and then we will see who needs what going into the trade deadline, which is just under two weeks away. You're listening to Post Post here on the wave, the sound of LIU. The new sound of Long Island University has arrived with a splash. The wave brings you the hottest new music, exclusive coverage of LIU sports, and updates on everything happening at Long Island University. It's the station for the students, by the students. Tune in and catch the wave. Visit liuwave.org or download the WCWP app for iOS and Android. Having trouble writing a paper? The LAU Post Writing Center is here to help. Located in Humanities 202, the Writing Center has peer tutors who are ready to help you with your writing skills. Brainstorming, outlines, thesis statements, ESL concerns, and more. We also have a lending library full of free books for anyone to take home. Stop by Humanities 202 to work one-on-one with a tutor or call us at 516-299-2732. And check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and our blog. Welcome back to Post to Post here on the wave, the sound of LIU. 
And we have just been running down the laundry list of injuries and notable happenings over the last 48 hours. And we're going to start off with another big name out, probably the biggest name on this list being out, and that is McJesus. Connor McDavid is out two to three weeks with a quad injury. This one... This sucks. Well, any injury sucks, but yeah, this sucks. Yeah. This one is big for Edmonton. They're s- still trying to stay in the, the hunt. They're in second. They're a point out, but in a matter of, I'll say... 48 hours they could be out of a playoff spot and this this guy this is not this is not it's there's about there's a little bit of a a reason we're calling him mcjesus there's like to put it in perspective he's kind of like the mike trout of the nhl there's him and then there's everyone else yeah that's about right and the fact that they are without their captain and the best player in the league for this long is concerning and you want you wonder now how they're going to perform without him yes they still have dry saddle who's at 89 points which is insane but having both of them especially on the same line just gives you that extra little advantage you know, it helps a lot that both of them have been producing at an absurd level. But now you need to re- this this I think is the biggest test for this Oilers team just cuz you lose him. Drysital is not going to be able to put the team on his back. There is no way. This is the time to see, hey, what do we have or what do we need going forward so that we have a chance. Because they're definitely in the position where they could be buyers because they're one point out of first place in the Pacific. But then again, they're only in a playoff spot by three points. That's how close the West is. So they're going to need something to push them over the edge, especially with McDavid out until after the deadline. Yeah, especially because the deadline is going to be during this time frame of no McDavid. So, and you know, and the the biggest problem is, and you said it, Ryan, it's so close. Like, Calgary is two points out. You know, you have, on top of that, you have all the other teams in this conference are not far behind you. The Pacific is the metro of the West. It's just, it's kind of tight. Actually, it's probably the tightest division in the NHL. Yeah, it's so. definitely a lot closer than the Metro is, but there's Metro so many points. There's so many analogy. teams that are separated by no more than three points that I wouldn't be surprised if we see all of those teams make some sort of deal at the deadline. It's moments like this where I really wish we had the one versus eight system again because that means 90% of the Pacific is in the, is in the playoffs. Yeah, pretty much. But... Still, with that and, you know, McDavid being out, it's going to hurt, but this is a good test for the Oilers. Next up is Nelson Kadri, out indefinitely for the Avalanche. Once again, this is going to hurt a bit. Yeah, it, it is going to hurt them, especially since they're now one point out of tops in the West, currently on a five-game winning streak. He was one of their big acquisitions that they got in that trade for 
uh, with the Maple Leafs where they gave up Tyson Barry and Alex Kerfoot. That was a significant trade, and Kadri was one of those guys that they got back, and he's been doing very well for Colorado. And now to not have him is they're going to have to find someone to fill the gap. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to see what they do. Once again, I think at the the Avalanche are going to be in the same boat as Edmonton a bit. Not to the extreme as Edmonton, but I would like to see what the Avalanche... It would be interesting to see the Avalanche going in for the next week and a half just to see what they would like to get. Um, you know, there's been links to saying that they may want to get a little bit more forward depth and they may go for, you know, names like Kreider or, and other players among his caliber to see if they can get a little bit more. Because I think what you saw last year in the playoffs in that, I believe it was a seven-game series against St. Louis in the second round, this team is 100% capable of becoming a, a cup contender. Absolutely. When, when you got the first line that they have with McKinnon, Rantanen, and Landeskog, they're, they're set. They're solid. They got this kid phenom in Kale McCarr. Possible Calder winner. Possible Calder winner. I'd say one of the two front runners at this point. And they're, they're set. They're ready to go. And I'm sure that Joe Sackick has something up his sleeve because he's not one to necessarily go away quietly. Yeah. And also, you know, uh, we look at another player who is out again. Kemper? Darcy Kemper. Yes. Okay. Seeing if I was getting that right. He remains day-to-day after a setback. So, once again, um... I think this trade won't hurt as much. Not well. I don't think this injury will hurt as much, but it should be interesting to see what the team does from here. I mean, it's definitely a significant injury because, at least from everything I've seen over the course of the season, it's had Kemper in the top two, if not the leader for the Vesna, and part of the reason that the Coyotes were having such great success this year. And now to not have him, they, you've seen them slip a little bit. And now they're clinging to... They're actually not in a... They're, like, they're, they're in, in a wild They're in a card. wild card spot. They're clinging to it by one point. They're right ahead of Winnipeg. So getting Kemper back, especially with the season he's having, would boost them up. So to have to wait, they're going to have to have be very solid on D... And their offense is going to have to get it going, which may not necessarily happen if they decide to flip Taylor Hall again. Yeah, I was about to say, you, you've seen the rumors of what they want to do. And the biggest one coming out of Arizona is that they would like to get rid of Taylor Hall. It seems like the Taylor Hall we saw in 2017 with that nice heart trophy has been a mirage because he, you know... He was good in New Jersey. No, he was very good in New Jersey. He, that's where he won the Hart Trophy. But since then, he's been injured. It's either been injuries, uh, poor rest of the team around him, uh, trying to adjust to a new a- uh, atmosphere in Arizona. He's never been set. And I'm sure the contract looming over his head and free agency and all that 
is going to have some sort of impact on how he's playing. So I think next year, wherever he ends up, he's going to go back to the Taylor Hall we saw because he knows he's going to have years of comfort with that nice new contract, not going to have to worry about his salary, which I'm sure he doesn't have to worry about anyway. But he knows where he's going to be. He's probably going to, I would assume, get a no-trade clause. And so right now it's just hard for him. So I think his value has dipped a little bit, but teams still obviously know what he's capable of. It should be interesting to see where Hall goes from here. So with that, I'm going to look at the trade bait. And this was posted yesterday. A few names have moved up and down from here, but the top three have kind of stayed the same. Uh, number one being Chris Kreider. You know, there's been no talks about you know where the Rangers may want him to go. There has also you know we also do know that talks have stalled with him about re-signing in New York. So I would I don't really know where he would end up. And you know teams that may want him. Uh, Somebody said, uh, I was looking at a few, and, you know, with the news that we did get today and yesterday, no place looks like a sheer fire betting odd for that, but uh, some people say St. Louis. Some people say Colorado. It's, I think we won't know until until the actual day of the deadline. Yeah, a lot of these big-name players are probably not going to be moved until the day of. Like, you look at this, and then you look down the list. Still, Martinez, no one really knows where he's going to go, if he moves at all. I wouldn't be surprised if he moved. I also wouldn't necessarily be surprised if they packaged him with Tyler Toffoli, because that would definitely increase whatever you get back. Yeah. You know, Pajot as well. Pajot, I just see Ottawa just selling him. Pajot's gone. Pajot's pretty much gone. Yeah, he's already packed his bags. You know, Vatnin, fair, he's gone. Um, Dylan is a surprising uh, new selection at number five. As, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if you see San Jose sell everything. Yeah, I, I don't know about everything, but Brendan Dylan is not really going to get what he wants from the Sharks, considering they have just about $20 million tied up in two defensemen. Yeah, and as we're on the we're on the topic of the Sharks, I'll bring this up right now. Do you think Jumbo Joe gets moved? No. No, you don't. No, I don't see that. I don't I don't see him getting traded. Granted this is within the last few days is really the first I've heard of him even with rumors and everything, but I don't see him going anywhere mostly because I don't think anyone's going to want to trade for a 40-year-old center when they can acquire someone who's 15 years younger than him. Well, somebody did bring it up to me today, and I think it would be interesting. He he want, I, he would waive his name, because he has no trade clause. Everybody's saying he will waive it. There's two teams who have actually requested to possibly bring him in. They are rumors at the moment, but they are Tampa Bay Lightning, which would be hilarious. That'd be kind of weird. It'd be weird. And then the second one, which oddly makes sense. And Boston. it's the Boston Bruins. That one makes sense only because that's where he started his career and the whole 
he might be at the end of the line. He wants to go back where he started. Granted, regardless, I still think he's probably going to retire as a shark, even if it's a one-day contract. Yeah, no matter what. But I, I, I honestly don't even think either one of those teams needs him. I don't think they... Here's the thing, and this is where a player like Thornton kind of... This is the only way of doing this. It doesn't matter if they need you. It's a matter of... You know, um, I, I call it the Ray Bork mentality. And it's, I don't care what happens. You can play me for a minute a game. I want my ring. Period. That's it. And I think if he's going to go anywhere, Boston is your best bet. I think if, if, if you are going to sit there and you're going to say, I'm going to, I'll waive this no trade clause. Only if it means I have my best opportunity to get a Stanley Cup before I retire, and I'll retire as a Shark, it'll suck that it won't be in San Jose, but I'm sorry, that window was slammed shut. So, if you're smart, I'd go to Boston. I'd put my money on Boston for that. If he does go somewhere, I would see it being Boston, just because of everything you just mentioned. But then from Boston's perspective... They're currently at the top of the league, and obviously they're going to have to take someone out of the lineup to put him in, and it just becomes who do you take out that doesn't disrupt everything that much. Because, granted... You'll have enough time. If you get him at the deadline, you'll have enough time. They'll have time, time. but at the same time, you're not going to acquire him and then just keep him scratched until until deep into the playoffs just so he's on the active roster and he gets a ring. Because you know a guy like him is going to want to play, especially having come back from retirement rumors for the last three years. Yeah, it's it right now. It feels more like a pipe dream than anything else. But I th- I do think if it's anywhere, it's going to be Boston. So you look at the other players on this list. You know, Kovalchuk. We already spoke about him. He may get moved. His stock has lowered a bit since uh, earlier in the week. To Foley, we already mentioned. Another player who's moved up into the top 10 for the first time is Anthony D'Angelo. Now, this is interesting because I don't understand why the Rangers would move him. I don't see this happening in any facet of anything, especially him being an RFA because if he does have some sort of contract dispute with the Rangers – they still have the upper hand because if he gets a qualifying offer, the Rangers can say, nice try, but come back. And even so, even if they do, you know, we've seen it, and I think it even happened this past year with Ajo, they get a first, second, and third for it. Well, it all depends on how much money he's offered. He's not going to get Sebastian Ajo money. He's not worth yeah, you'll get, that much. You'll get maybe— Right, his contract right you'll now— You'll get at is, least a second. Yeah, his 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 worth his cap hit now is nine is nine hundred twenty twenty five thousand. So his his rookie contract's about to expire. That's what. Yes, I would resign him. I think he's the kind of defenseman player that you would want to have down the pipeline. And I think the Rangers' defense has been one of the bigger bright spots. That it's probably the best defense we've had in the past few years. So I would like to keep that. You know, but I think if you're going to move anybody, it'd be Kreider, maybe Strom. I don't see Strom going anywhere. If they do move someone, it'd be Kreider. But in terms of D'Angelo, just from his production that he's had this year, 
if they do end up trading Kreider, I feel like D'Angelo is one of those guys that you can just slide right on the wing just with his production. Well, he could fit in the power play. I can't see him moving. I can't see him doing what Brendan Smith has done and completely switch his game. But I do think he can pick up better power play numbers going if if they lose Kreider, so that he could fit into the um, first first unit, first power play unit. But and so really waiting and seeing game because it's not like last year where the Rangers are like, all right, you're moving him, 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 and him. You know, that's not, like the past few years. You know who's moving. You know, yeah, some of them were surprising, and you know, like the McDonough and Miller deal. Like I didn't, I knew McDonough was going, I didn't know Miller was going. Last year, you knew Zuccarello was going. Here, it's kind of confusing to see what the Rangers want to do. You know, they're not, the team has not been bad on the ice. They've been poor, they just haven't been, their production, like, they've been mediocre. Solid, mediocre, middle-of-the-road team. They've been about average, I would say, because they're also kind of where Montreal is. They're not necessarily out of it, but I don't necessarily see them making a run this year. Even with Panarin, just because they're a little too far in and they're a little bit too far out at this point. And just staying on the track for this real quick, because I'm looking on the list, and um, it says... And there was a video last night somebody brought to my attention when the Rangers, because the Rangers, they beat Winnipeg last night 4-1. to And Buchnevich was going back to the locker room. And he looked at the camera because it was TSN reporting, reporters. And he looked at the camera and he goes, number 12, number 1. And everybody was like, what, what, is it? what does that mean? He's number 12 on their trade bait list. Kreider's number 1. So the players know their worth. And I, to me, that's kind of a sign of Buchnevich kind of – I don't know, but for some reason that I look at that and I look at Buchnevich and his production on the ice, that kind of looks like he wants out. It, it does seem that way. I'm actually a little surprised to see his name on this list. I didn't think they'd be moving him. He's been on the list ever since he came up to the league. But – having him do that it's kind of pretty much saying kind of ballsy I feel like it's saying trade me without saying trade me well yeah well I you know what I I I like I like Buchnevich I always have I feel like he just needs to get going the only problem is he's never got like he'll get going he'll go like a four game point scoring streak and then just dry up for a month He's a very. It, he's one of those streaky. When you're hot, you're yeah, hot. When, when he's you're hot, yeah. when you're cold, you're frozen. Now, you look at his contract. He's getting three three point two five mil. He's still got a year left on it. So I don't know if you move him this year, move him next year, but I I don't want to see him get moved. I feel like he has potential and he could be, he he has the potential to be like, not Panarin levels of good, but like. Zabanajad and Prime Kreider Zuccarello. Like he could easily be that second line winger that can put up good numbers. Yeah, he just has to get going and I think that the Rangers sh- shouldn't necessarily move him just yet. I would wait until either 
the summer, if you see someone you want to sign and you need to shuffle around some cap space. Yeah, like they did with for Panarin when they moved VZ. It makes yeah. sense. Or wait until next trade deadline, see where you're at then in the season, and then decide. Yeah. The only interesting thing other than that about the Rangers, I don't want this to become the entire you know 15 minutes of the Rangers, even though that's what it mostly has become, but... They've all. They also. Do you ship a? Now this is here. I'll, I'll ask you. Do you ship a goalie? That was a thought that was in the back of my head. I'm not sure just yet. I don't think they do it at the deadline. I think if anything, again they would do it over the summer, just because with Georgiev and Igor, they're both very new to the league. And having someone like Lundqvist to just mentor them, even if it's for the rest of this season, that's going to go a long way for them. Yeah. Uh, I'm Because here's the thing, and I'm, I don't know where they sit for this, because according to the coach, uh, David Quinn, he said it, it's done. Whoever plays the best hockey gets starts. and Which is the way it should be. Which is the way it should be, and I get it. Georgiev's playing well. Shesterkin Bless you. has been playing out of his mind. The dude got in. He had to get taken. He didn't want to get off the ice last night because he got hit in the head, and they had to throw him in for concussion protocol. Lundqvist played a total of six minutes last night. And we came back. <laughs> he played, and then he came back in the second period and then went on to allow one goal. The dude has been playing out of his mind, and it's he's, like, he's reaching, like, Igor levels of, like, hot. And it's amazing but in, at the end of the day, it's like, okay, he's playing well. Georgiev's playing well, and he's no longer linked to Toronto because they got Campbell. But and now we're and now, but we also know Lundqvist is also playing well. So what when happens? When he plays, he, when he plays, he plays well. Like he, he plays decently. It it's a tough position. And I don't know where they go from here. So, rant over, I, I assume, unless there's something else you want to add. I think that the Rangers would have to take their cap space once again into consideration because signing Panarin really... Oh, it hurts, but... That's... Well, signing Panarin and then getting the Truba contract really put them very close to the cap. And, yes, it's going to go up. I'm not 100% sure off the top of my head by how much. But I'm sure Lundqvist is making a lot. And if they're not going to play him, there's no point in having that cap hit drag you down. He's only The only problem is he's on contract for one more year. That's That was the issue. Where, again, it goes back to what I mentioned with Bruchnevich. If you see someone you want to sign over the summer then make a move because those cap hits will come off. And not only is the cap hit an issue, but you have to remember you got to leave you can only, I think you can only protect two goaltenders in the upcoming expansion draft as well. Well, they don't have to worry about that till the end of next year. Yeah, which is perfectly which by fine. By that point, Lundqvist would not be under contract anymore anyway. Yeah, so that would be where across that bridge when we get there, but still that's something you do need to take into consideration when you look at the Cavs that. So when we come back, we will take a quick look 
We will look at the hat trick challenge. We will recap the games for tonight as we have a lot of hockey to get through. We will be back after this break. You're listening to Post Post on the Wave, the sound of LIU. Did you know that Post has nutritionists on campus offering free year-round counseling to all students and staff? You can contact them to ask questions or set up a free appointment by emailing post-nutritionist at liu.edu or calling 516-299-2881. Follow the Post Nutritionist on Instagram and Twitter at sensible underscore bites. Campus Concierge in the lobby of Hillwood Commons is here to make campus life easier, more fun, and more affordable. They offer answers to all of your post-related questions, discounted movie tickets, free essentials like pens, highlighters, notepads, ice scrapers, and more. Plus locker rentals, laundry and dry cleaning services, ticket sales for campus events and trips, and much more. For more info, call 516-299-2800 or stop by the desk in the lobby of Hillwood Commons. Welcome back to Post Post here on the Wave, the sound of LIU. I am your host, Anthony Cabretta, and we will look at the hat trick challenge of this week as we finally are coming in close. I'm finally coming back a little bit. I have 17 points this week, only got one right this week, and I'm waiting for Ryan to immediately ruin all my hope and joy as he usually does. Nah, I just got one this week, but you got your three, so. I did. So, yes, I have, like, I have, um. So you have more than what you think you have. So, wait. Uh, right now, you you list yourself at 16. It, you got one right. So 17. So then add the three, that's 20. Oh, yeah, you're right. And I have okay. 20. Oh, so we're tied now. Until Ovi gets his 700th. Yeah, that's an issue, but. Because. <sighs> The Bruins let me down a little bit this week, and I I am a little disappointed in, in my guy Pasta. Didn't really do anything. I'm mad at the Red Wings, but I'm more mad. How can you be mad at the Red Wings? Uh, but I'm more mad at the Bruins for losing to the Red Wings because yeah, they happened. needed one point. They just had to go to overtime, and then I got that one right. But nope, couldn't do that. You lost to Detroit in regulation. Yeah, they did. But... Zach Parise came in clutch, got his 400th assist for me last night. Dude also never lets me down. 2010 Olympics never let me down. So, yeah, we are, we're almost at a clean slate again. Well, as of now we are, but, of course, we know Ovi's going to get a 700th. The question is just when. I'd, I'm not making this one of my predictions, but if I had to make it one of my predictions, I'd probably say within the week. Yeah, but you said that. I said that like last week, and it didn't. Yeah, happen. but that's because you said it. Yeah, but don't, don't. Well, you're not saying it. I'm not saying it, but that's because you said it. That's why it didn't happen. Fair. Um, but I do have two my predictions for this week. Last week, I said Jonathan Taves will get his 800th point. Came in the clutch. Awesome. I said Carolina will be in a wild card spot. They are one point out. Two points out. Two points out. And I said Chicago will be in a wild card spot. That was they are nowhere near it. Like, they were close last like week. Six they were like points out. They were four points out. They were like four points last week, and they had like five games. It was a nice stretch, and they couldn't get it done for me. Six points out. So yeah, but this week, actually, I'll let Ryan go first this oh, week. Thanks. So mine for this week, I have Leon Drysaddle will have at least sixty assists. He's got fifty-seven. He may not get that with McDavid not there. That's what I was thinking, but at the same time, 
He has 89 points for a reason. That's also true. Number two, Jamie Benn will score his 300th career goal. He needs one. I think he'll get it. He's on a hot streak. It's true. He just got a hat trick, I believe, last night. So, and then number three, I'm putting my faith back in him. David Posternock will score his 40th goal of the season. You're putting your money on pasta again. Yeah. I love the dude. All right. And his Duncan commercials. I'm tired of his Duncan commercials. Oh, well, you're just a hater. No, it's like, okay, every time you watch their games on NBC or anywhere, it's they play it every time he's in the box. And every time he plays the Rangers, especially on NBC, it's always at the exact They're moment. They're so funny. They do the, they do the picture in picture. And it's like they like he gets into the box and they have like they have that thing timed to be like when he enters the box he enters the box in the commercial. I guess you haven't seen the new ones. There's yet, a new then. one. There's three new ones. I did not with see with Kendall Coyne. No, I haven't seen those. There's three new ones. I gotta look. The, I gotta find them now. I'm wa- watch the NBC SN game tonight. Well, I'm sure you'll see them. Well, they're they they it's Hockey Night in America, so they'll probably do it on Sunday. You'll you'll see them at some point. There's there's Boston's on national TV tonight. You'll see it. Who are they playing? Montreal. Oh yeah, we'll talk about that game later. But yeah, my picks this week: Flurry, you need one shutout to get your sixty. That that's a big get. Who do they have this week? The Golden Knights. Um, I know they're playing the Islanders on Saturday. Yeah, that meant. But let's see let's go let's go to Vegas I think they might be playing Washington good luck with that one oh no uh, they're playing the blues good luck tomorrow nope they're playing the Islanders on Saturday maybe Washington on Monday no and that's it good luck I need him to get one shutout you need him to first play in all three of those games I need him to play in at least one of those games and in that game get a shutout Good luck. If there's anyone that can do it, it's Flurry. But he has been cold as of late. Also, predicting a shutout from one guy is that's. I mean, that's the whole point of it, of this whole thing. Yeah, but it's it's, it's bold predictions, but that that's almost as bold as they come. Yep, yeah, but that's the way I've been playing this all season, so I might as well keep going. So my next one is Duncan Keith. We'll get his 500 assists. I was thinking that one, but Duncan Keith's kind of been cold recently. Yeah, but I'm looking at the teams they're playing, and Chicago's been playing up to their competition a bit more. So they play Vancouver tonight. They play Calgary. They're, it's a road. They're all road trips. Are they on their Western Canada road trip now? Yes. So they play Vancouver tonight, Calgary Saturday, Winnipeg on Sunday, and then on the it doesn't count because it's after it's after we do do the show but they play the rangers next wednesday they're not going to edmonton no they must have been there already weird so th- i need him to get i believe i think it's two one or two in i need he needs to get one or two assists in three games it's doable definitely doable and finally, the this is pro this shouldn't be the worst one, but I still think it's the worst one. 
Arizona will be in a playoff spot, in a wild card spot specifically next week. They are sitting comfortably with 64 points. Well, not comfortably, but they're sitting with 64 points in the second wild card spot. I can't wait for them to be in a division spot. (laughs) And you get this wrong because you said specifically wild card. Yeah, but I I don't think they could. They can't get in there, right? I mean, they're... They're tied for third. They're one point out. Or they're tied for it, I think. But, I, you know, Calgary's got a decent... Well, what's their schedule? Let me see. But, yeah, there's a three-way tie for that last division spot. Yeah, but I, I think Arizona's got a decent schedule. Yeah, they got the Senators. They got the Senators tomorrow. Hey, night. that's not necessarily set in stone. The Red Wings beat the Bruins. That's true. They play the Capitals on Saturday. <laughs> nope. And they play the Islanders on Monday. Oh, yeah, that's that weird 4 o'clock game here because it's President's Day. It's 2 o'clock there. And it's yeah, in Arizona. trying to get the kids to come. Yeah, but it's in Arizona. And Arizona has not done as well at home as they have on the road. I'm going to go 0-3 this week. I feel it. I'm going 0-3 this week, and I don't like it. But, yeah, those are my predictions. My I've already gotten my season prediction, I think. Yeah, Austin Matthews has 40. Woo! Uh, you and your wonderful, wonderful porno mustache. Yeah. He needs to shave something. He does. He really does. There's a, there's a picture. It was making its way on the internet recently, and it was him on the plane with, like, the big gold chain. Right, looking like from the 80s, shirt. like, 80s drug lord movies. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I thought you were supposed to have your midlife crisis when midlife. You, yeah, in your midlife. <laughs> not, not when, when you're, you're like 20. 25. Like you're you're our age. Like you can't do that. Jeez, man. You, get, you know. How how long are you planning on living that this is your midlife crisis? Like, damn. But, okay, yeah. So, yeah, that was. But, hey, he's in the NHL with 40 goals, and we're sitting here talking about him. So. He's doing something Who's right. winning life? He's doing something right. We're doing something wrong. So. We're doing please. a lot of things wrong. We have a lot of games to get through. Well, not a lot, but we'll go into a little bit more A lot depth. more than we've usually had on the last few Wednesdays. Yeah, so we'll go into them a little bit deeper as we do actually have time to talk about them for once. So, first one up, and it's probably the worst game on the schedule tonight. Wings at Sabres. What? That's... Is it tonight? No. Do I have the wrong schedule? Yes. There oh. are three games tonight. I have like eight. That's that's not right. Oh, I am. I put last night's schedule. This is why I shouldn't do the rundown on Tuesdays. Because I had no, you I should had, do it on Tuesdays. Don't do it on Mondays. No, but I did it Tuesday afternoon. So like they're all the Tuesday night games. Yeah, there's three games tonight. Oh, so I thought there were so Montreal Boston's the first one. Oh, wow. I really screwed that up. I gave us a lot of time to do that and No, there's only three games. Okay. So we can go in depth. Sure. So Boston hosting Montreal. NBCSN. NBCSN doubleheader tonight, first of all. First game's Boston-Montreal. I'm giving it to Boston just because, well, they're playing at TD Garden and... It's against the Canadians. It's very hard to win at TD Garden. So, Mm. Boston. I'll give it to Boston... But I think it'll be close. The NBCSN games, especially the big rivalry games, are usually kind of close. 
And then at 10 o'clock, right after that one ends, another NBCSN game, Calgary at Los Angeles. Don't know why this is an NBCSN game. Calgary? I'll probably end up giving it to Calgary, you know, with L.A. getting ready for the uh, stadium series. Oh, with, preview that, yeah. with both ugly jerseys that they have. Oh, those are great. With the avalanche ones that just look like some kid, like, sneezed paint on a jersey. It, did you see the helmets? They're not any better. I don't know why they do that. Like, with they, the they Flyers and the Penguins, doing, they had looked... the jersey match the helmet. Just make the helmet a solid color and have a little logo on it. You don't need the whole helmet to be the entire logo. It looks weird. It does. I don't understand why they're doing that. But I give Calgary the win tonight. The stadium series, I give I give it to the Avalanche. I give it to the Avalanche also. I just don't, like, I don't know if you follow them, but Hockey Militia. Which is I might I'm not sure. It's a Jersey concept company. It's run by I believe veteran some veterans of the Air Force, and they came out with a Colorado Stadium Series jersey way before they unveiled the ones that they're using, and it's gorgeous. It's a military style version of their alternate. Is their alternate still the one that has Colorado on the diagonal? Yeah, I really like their jerseys. It looks great, but they're not using it. And they're using that weird paint splatter one, and it looks terrible. And it's L- abstract. No, it's not. It's dumb. <laughs> it's so dumb. And then you look it's at the— It's open L- to interpretation. The, and the best part is the L.A. one, you you copy the, lo- the logo of a team from the USFL. I thought they just kind of made it almost look like the Burger King jersey, but without That's the king. That would be funny, though. There's no way they ever bring back those jerseys. They should. They should not. Those were horrible. I don't know why they just haven't done their logo. I don't know why they don't bring back like the actual the crown. Sh- the she- no, the shield crest. Like, do you remember their alternates? The the purple black ones had like the two sticks and the shield. Oh like, yeah, actual, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, those were nice arms. too. Those were cool. Bring those back. Just but no, the stadium series jerseys. I think since I think the last good stadium series jerseys, which I loved, was Colorado Detroit. That's because that's my favorite Detroit jersey of all time. Is that the white one? The one with, like, the scripted D on the front. Oh, that one's nice. I love those. I want one of those so badly. That one's nice. But before we go to the last game, who's your pick for the stadium series? I give it to Colorado just because overall a better team. They're, if I'm not mistaken, they're playing in in Colorado. I think it's the Air Force Base in Colorado. So, yes, I'm sure that'll help. And... I mean, I'm sure neither one of these teams are really used to playing outside because it's, well, L.A., you're not going to play hockey outside. That was They did do that. They did put one at Dodger Stadium, and I heard the ice was melting. Oh, yeah, it was terrible. That was a stretch. I, the only thing I remember from that is the, like, they have, because the one thing I love about the outdoor games is that they have, like, the, they can do whatever they want on the field, and the designs are really cool. Like, at the Winter Classic at City Field, they had, like, an actual, like, New York City street. That was cool. That was cool. But I remember from that game at Dodger Stadium, they I think they were playing the Ducks or the Sharks, or they did both. I think it was the first year they did the stadium series, and they had, like, two games and two baseball stadiums. And in the Dodger one, they had, like, a weird makeshift pond, and there was no real water. So you just see, like, these plastic, like, sharks or I think it was either sharks or ducks that are just there and there's no water and it just looks like teal. And I'm like, that just looks that looks terrible. 
Yeah, hockey is not really designed to be played in Los Angeles outside. Like, I think the best outdoor games have been in, the like, the northeast region. Yeah, in the freezing cold temperatures of either Detroit or South Bend or Boston. Or New York. It You haven't really... You really need to fix that. So, And then the last game for tonight is the Blackhawks at the Canucks. This game, I think, is going to be fun. That could be a very interesting game with the Canucks at the top, Chicago fighting. I think it could be close. I think this comes down to whose goaltending is better. I think, actually, that Vancouver is going to win it because for some weird reason they decided to do this on a weekday but the Sedins are getting their numbers retired tonight. That is don't true. Don't know why you decide to do it on a Wednesday. I don't know. That it's... seems more like a weekend you can, like, huge marketing opportunity. But it's they... Vancouver. They're strange. Like Fair. But like, I was, I was, I was, side story quickly about retired numbers. Um, I didn't know Winnipeg had no numbers retired, but last night... There was a ceremony before the Rangers-Jets game. I made a comment on social media saying, wait a second, I thought the, the Jets didn't retire. Num- like, they didn't have any retired numbers. And then 17 Jets fans came out of the woodwork to tell me, it's not retiring numbers. It's, it's honoring. the Hall of Fame, you fool. And I'm like, how am I supposed to know that? I did not get a memo about, like, the actual ceremony. The announcers said they were just doing a ceremony, and then they showed the banners with the numbers on it. To me... A regular hockey fan who's not, like, specific to, like, you know, Canada, maybe it's just a Canadian thing, but when the number goes to the rafters, you don't wear that number. Yeah. I mean, they were probably just honoring it. There's Apparently, there's a difference. Like, if it's honored, you can technically still wear it, but it's probably not going to be worn. Yeah, like Lemieux's number. Like, you, you can... It's not... It's retired, I think, for... Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. That's which it. makes sense. But you can. St- it's not like it, you. Most people. You, you have to. You should ask to wear it. You shouldn't have to ask. It's a number. Like you shouldn't have to ask to wear it. Are you defending Josh O'Sang? No, <laughs> because that's a separate issue. But you shouldn't have. It's just a number. You shouldn't have to ask to wear it. It's also. I don't think Gretzky should have his number retired league wide. I don't wait. Why? Because that's more. When I, when I think of that, I think of. The reason why Jackie Robinson got his number retired league-wide and how much he did for not just baseball but for, like, the entire country. And Gretzky was just really good. But here's the thing, and this I found, well, once again, we both know how we found this information out because bar down, but... Shout out bar down. Shout out bar down for this. But the Angels started the number retiring thing. Yeah, I didn't know that. I... I thought it would have been the Yankees. You know, they have no single-digit numbers left. No, the Yankees just like doing They that. retired eight twice. Yeah, but the Rangers also retired, I think. They were retired 11 twice. They retired nine twice. Makes no sense. Just retire less numbers. You're going to run out of numbers. We'll go to letters soon. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll just have... Now name, batting We'll just have eight. names on the banners now, at this point. Now batting no numbers. H... Um, now so, batting in number infinity. So that will do it for us here on Post to Post. We will see you next week. Enjoy some hockey. We will see, and we will. Hear, you will hear from us next week on Wednesday.